2: banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. This is Bloomberg Law with June Grosso from Bloomberg Radio.
0: Explosive is the way some court watchers describe the second half of the Supreme Court's term. It will be chock full of high profile, politically charged arguments and blockbuster opinions from abortion rights to President Trump's financial history some decisions could change the legal landscape. Joining me is Kimberly Strawbridge Robinson, Bloomberg Law Supreme Court reporter. So let's start with abortion rights, which has almost become a litmus test for Supreme Court nominees. The justices will get their first chance to chip away at abortion rights since Trump's conservative nominees took the bench. Tell us about the case the court's going to be considering next week.
3: Well, sure. This case is June Medical Services versus Russo. And what's at issue here is a Louisiana law that requires abortion doctors to obtain admitting privileges at local hospitals. And if this sounds familiar, that's because the Supreme Court actually struck down a very similar Texas law in 2016. So it brings up the issue here, not just of abortion, but also of precedent and how closely, the Supreme Court is going to follow its own precedent, especially recent precedent.
0: So this will be a test for Chief Justice Roberts, who was in the dissent in the Texas case that you mentioned that's precedent here.
3: That's right. But then when the Louisiana case came to the court, Early last year, Justice Roberts actually voted to put the law on hold, that is, he voted against the Louisiana law here. So you're right that really all eyes are going to be on Chief Justice Roberts in this case, but that's really going to be the case for most of the blockbusters that the court is hearing this term. You mentioned precedent here.
0: Are there going to be several cases that are going to deal with precedent, which has been a growing concern for some of the liberals on the court?
3: Well, it really has. We have seen a lot of petitioners bringing cases to the court that specifically asked the newly reconstituted court to overturn its precedent. And we saw the court do that a couple of times last term. And in one of those cases, which dealt with a a decades-old precedent, we saw one of the liberals on the court, Justice Breyer, actually say that it makes you wonder what precedents are next. And he not so subtly cited to the court's abortion dockets. So uh, that's definitely been on the minds of liberals and court watchers in general, how the court will treat its precedents. In the abortion case, have any of the advocates asked the court to reverse Roe v. Wade? No. So this case uh, doesn't directly implicate Roe v. Wade or some of the other court's more foundational abortion precedent. Uh, But as you mentioned at the top of our segment, it does provide the justices with a chance to kind of chip away at abortion rights. And that's something that actually court watchers think may be more preferable to the Roberts court, which tends to do things more incrementally rather than in these big broad strokes like overturning Roe v. Wade.
0: Now, at the end of March, there'll be three cases concerning access to Trump's financial records. Tell us about those.
3: Well, right. So these are a trio of cases, but they really deal with two separate issues. And so in one of the cases, House committees are trying to get financial records uh, of the president. And in the other, it's New York who's trying to get these financial records. Now, in the New York case, the private attorney for the president famously said that the president could shoot someone um, on Fifth Avenue and that New York couldn't even investigate uh, the president for criminal wrongdoing while he was in office. so what the president is asking here um, in both of these cases is really a very broad immunity from investigation while he's the sitting president.
0: Let's turn to some other decisions. There'll be decisions on cases that could change the landscape of federal protections for workplace discrimination, and the justices have. Already heard arguments in a trio of cases concerning LGBTQ
3: workers. Right. So at the beginning of the term, the justices um, heard several cases that ask whether or not federal anti discrimination laws uh, that are meant to protect workers protect LGBT workers as well. And it's a really interesting case in that kind of the legal theories that most of the conservative justices uh, say that they rely on actually weigh in favor of. Uh, finding that the law does protect LGBT workers. So it'll be an interesting um, case to see how they turn out. In particular, Justice Gorsuch, um, President Trump's first nominee, seemed really torn at the argument uh, about how to deal with those um, those legal theories and how they work uh, in that case. But there are other discrimination cases that uh, are flying under the radar just because this term is filled with so many blockbusters like the one we just talked about. I face it, your business is unique. It faces challenges and risks that are specific to your your industry and to the skills you and your team bring to every challenge. You need experienced insurance professionals. The Hartford accepts the challenge. The Hartford understands that protecting your business with a proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can help provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid to large size companies like yours to easily manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers comp and more.
0: I've been talking to Bloomberg Law Supreme Court reporter Kimberly Strawbridge-Robinson about the second half of the Supreme Court's term. It will be filled with high-profile, politically charged arguments and blockbuster opinions. In the coming months, the justices will consider whether President Trump can avoid congressional inquiries into his financial history. They'll also get their first chance to chip away at abortion rights since Trump's conservative nominees took the bench. So Kimberly, we were talking about cases that could change the landscape of workplace discrimination. Tell us about the cases that could make it harder to even bring a discrimination case based on race or age in federal court.
3: Well, there are two cases. One is Comcast and the other is BAB. And uh, Comcast deals with racial discrimination and BAB deals with age discrimination. But the question in both cases is what a plaintiff's must allege in order to even bring their case in federal court and in particular it, it could make it harder for plaintiffs to even bring these discrimination suits if the Supreme Court says that they have to prove that their race or their age was the only factor in their adverse employment decision rather than just one of many factors. So those are two cases to watch, even though it's hard to keep tabs on everything going on this term.
0: Kimberly, the court has taken several cases involving religion from the public funding of religious schools to religious exemptions from Obamacare. Tell us about the religion cases.
3: Right. So religion has been a very popular topic um, with the Roberts Court, especially in recent years. And they've been dealing with it on many fronts, um, some of them on, you know, the lines between LGBT rights and religious freedom. And also, as you mentioned, on public funding of schools. And so the justices recently heard a case, Espinosa, about whether or not Minnesota- or Montana can exclude religious schools uh, from a scholarship program or whether the federal free exercise actually requires uh, that Montana in- include religious schools so as not to show hostility towards them.
0: And uh, there's a case involving what's called the ministerial
3: exception. Oh, that's right. And so, as I mentioned, these religion cases are really just all over the map. And so, on um, that is a long standing exception um, for. Uh, religious discrimination claims against uh, religious employers, the idea there being that you don't want federal courts and the government to get involved in all kinds of religious uh, decisions. You want them to kind of, you know, separation of church and state and keep their hands off. So uh, this case, we'll we'll take a look at that ministerial exception and uh, see if it is still good law and how broadly it should be applied.
0: And the court in recent terms, would you say the court has been expanding
3: religious rights? They certainly have seemed to expand certain religious rights. And so there's really this tension that it seems that the justices have been dealing with between the two religious clauses in the First Amendment. One, the free exercise, which says that the government, you know, can't inhibit a religion or show hostility towards religion. And one, the establishment clause that says that, you know, government has to keep its hands off of religion. And so the justices have really been, um, broadening the reach of the Free Exercise Clause at the expense of the Establishment Clause. But yes, they've been dealing in a lot of these religion cases that, as I mentioned a couple of times, reach on touch on so many different issues.
0: Now, administrative law is something that people usually, you know, yawn at and (laughs) say, oh, administrative law. But there are a number of cases that could reshape the way agencies operate.
3: Well, that's right. And this is a particular area uh, that court watchers have been keeping their eye on um, since President Trump nominated both Justice Gorsuch and Justice Kavanaugh to the bench, because they've indicated that this is an area that they're in- interested in reigning in, that is reigning in the administrative state. And so there have been a number of cases kind of sprinkled over the last few terms, and there are, are several this term. I think the one that most people are watching are one uh, is one about the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau that the justices will hear soon um, that asks whether or not, you know, putting a single person in charge of the agency who can only be fired uh, for cause actually violates the separation of powers clause by taking away power from the president to control the executive. It's sort of an odd
0: case for the Trump administration because right now they have in there someone that Trump appointed and Presumably, they'd want that person to stay there even if a Democrat becomes president. But with this case, or, if the justices rule a certain way, the Democrats could remove the person that Trump put in.
3: Well, right. So there are in these administrative cases kind of some um, you know, tough lines for any administration, but especially for the Trump administration, who we see as generally wanting to rein in the administrative state. Um, here, the, the person who has now been a Trump appointee has said, has agreed that she is removable um, at the will of the president. And the, one of the big questions in the case is going to be, so what happens now to the rest of the statute? If one part of it is unconstitutional, does that mean that the whole statute falls and there's no longer a CFPD? Or can you kind of separate that from the rest of the statute?
0: Now. In light of all these big blockbuster cases, a copyright case that should be a blockbuster, involves Google and Oracle, is sort of lost in the shadows. So tell us about that case.
3: Well, it really is. I mean, this is really one of the biggest um, IP cases of our generation. And, you know, it has been really lost in the shuffle here. Um, But it's Google versus Oracle. And it deals with you know, several billion dollars of code that is meant to make it easier for um, developers to speak with different kinds of technology. And the question is whether or not uh, firms can copyright that and how other firms can utilize that if it can be copyrightable. Kimberly, have they decided yet whether they're going to take the case on Obamacare? Well, they haven't decided that, uh, as far as we speak, they are going to be considering it at another conference, Um, but there's really been some kind of conflicting indications on whether or not the court will take up that case right now. So the issue uh, is about the individual mandate, which a lower court said uh, is no longer legal, Uh, but there's still a question hanging out there about, similar to the CFPB case, what to do with the rest of the statute. Is all of Obamacare unconstitutional? So... The justices are weighing whether to take the case now um, when it's kind of halfway done or whether to send it back down to the lower courts and take it back up when the whole case is ready for the justices to hear.
0: Which cases could show the trajectory of the Roberts court, whether the new conservatives will take the court sharply to the right or whether the chief will keep that move gradual?
3: Well, I think there's a temptation to really look at these big blockbuster cases, uh, these cases like the LGBT case that we were talking about, the case about DACA, to see how the court is going to go. But I think some of these smaller cases that we were talking about, the cases about um, administrative law, about religion, is really going to show whether or not the court has any appetite to take really broad moves that could overturn you know, really long-standing doctrines that touch all of our lives, um, or if they're going to go more incrementally and take on things, uh, just kind of chip away at them, as we suggested with the abortion cases.
0: You know, you just mentioned DACA, and I realized we hadn't spoken about DACA, and <laughs> last year when they took DACA, everyone said that's going to be the biggest case of the term, or one of the biggest, and it seems to have faded into the
3: background. <laughs> Tell us what that's about. Yeah. I mean, this term is really just seems like it's on steroids as far as the number of blockbuster (laughs) cases. Um, But DACA is, of course, uh, a program that was put in place by President Obama uh, to defer deportation for individuals who were brought to the country illegally when they were children. And these so-called dreamers, there's been a lot of um, question about how to handle uh, these young individuals. And the Trump administration wants to unwind the policy, not because it says not because it doesn't want to give some relief to dreamers, but because it thinks that President Obama didn't have the authority uh, to issue the DACA program in the first place. So the justices will and they have agreed to decide whether or not the Trump administration can actually begin winding that program down. And then, of course, it will be up to Congress to decide what to do with dreamers.
0: Liberals have been watching the health of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg because of her uh, brushes with uh, medical problems. Tell us about those for those who don't know and how she's doing.
3: Well, she has had um, several recent brushes um, with cancer lately. Um, She's actually had four bouts of cancer, uh, but she says she regularly goes to the doctor and that she is cancer free right now and feeling healthy. And all indications from her work product to be that she's feeling pretty good she's already issued three opinions uh in cases in majority or three majority opinions in cases so far this term whereas all the other justices have only gotten one um and she's written uh several very robust dissents in cases including one simply for herself so she's she's working hard and seems to be doing well
0: also she seems to be making a lot of appearances at least when the court was in a recess so i saw her time and time again more than any of the other justices.
3: She is. She famously, you know, is a frequent uh, on the opera circuit, uh, but she has been around talking with students, talking with uh, a lot of groups around town. It's actually funny. I was talking to my editor the other day about covering another one of her events, and we said, well, we're kind of... I've kind of had enough of Justice Ginsburg lately. She's just everywhere.
0: <laughs> Thanks so much for being on Bloomberg Law, Kimberly. That's Kimberly Strawbridge-Robinson, Bloomberg Law Supreme Court reporter. And that's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. Remember, you can listen to all the latest legal topics in the news anytime on our Bloomberg Law podcast. You can find them on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Bloomberg.com slash podcast slash law. An attorney, You can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com. I'm June Grosso. Thanks so much for listening. And remember to tune into the Bloomberg Law Show tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on Bloomberg Radio. The Hartford understands protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-sized companies like yours to help manage risk, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. Let The Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com.